owners of a direct care practice are more likely to experience higher job satisfaction than the insurance-based practice, and it's no wonder why. Direct care is independent of insurance. Patients pay the doctor directly for their expertise. The doctor gets full autonomy in how they care for patients and how they get paid. We've chosen this path for the love of medicine. This is the direct care way. By listening to this podcast, you may even start to believe you too can have a successful direct care practice. Come listen with an open mind as I share my personal journey on how I pivoted from an insurance-based practice to direct care right in the middle of a pandemic and the valuable lessons along the way. This podcast may be the very thing you need to revitalize your medical practice. I'm your host, owner of a direct care podiatry practice, Dr. T. Nguyen. Hey there, welcome back. And if this is your first episode, welcome. This podcast was meant to not just show you another way to practice medicine without insurance regulating patient care, but the skills that I learned along the way to get here. Today's episode is going to be about knowing your own limits. I'll share a case to demonstrate. When I was working at the wound center in the hospital, back when I was insurance-based, I had a new patient on my schedule. I had reviewed the patient's medical history. It was extensive, as most wound care patients are. And I've come to understand that this patient had the same diabetic foot ulcer for over a year. He was young, relatively young, compared to my usual diabetic patients. He was working. He had been a frequent flyer of the wound care center and had gone through other doctors before coming to me. Other doctors have said they've tried everything, nothing's really working for the patient. That's how they end up to me, because usually there's a surgical plan down the road. So I met this patient and I introduced myself. I said, I'm Dr. T and I'm the podiatrist. I specialize in the foot. And it looks like you've got this foot ulcer that's been ongoing for some time. My first question to you is, do you want this ulcer to heal? Now I asked this question in the most neutral tone possible because in the way people answer my questions, I can get a good understanding of where they are in the process of healing. Because the answer could simply be, yes, I've been with this for so long. Is there anything else that could be done? But rather, in this patient, what I got was a bunch of expletives and sarcasm followed because he was probably protecting himself and saying, of course, who wants to live with an open ulcer, right? Who wants to live with weekly visits to the doctor's office that consumes my entire social life, that interferes with my work schedule, that is adding to my depression. People don't go outright and say those things, but we know that's what they experienced. So the patient, of course, he was very upset with the way I asked the question. He felt it was demeaning. Um, But also, in retrospect, it reflected a deeper issue that I wasn't an expert at. There's a psychological reason why patients have what they have. On the surface, it's a medical condition. But underneath that, how did they arrive to this medical condition? There's usually a psychosocial factor. Maybe they lost a significant other who normally does does the cooking, the cleaning, the appointments. That could be one part of the psychosocial problem. And then there are other problems underneath 
the initial problem, the ulcer, why is the ulcer still there after a year? It could be that they have no other source of income. And so they are the only income and they have to work. There really is no other choice. So these are things that I'm very sensitive to, that I'm aware of, that contributes to one's ability to heal. But the one thing that I can't get past, and it wasn't the swearing, it wasn't the pointing fingers that I didn't know what I was talking about, that I wasn't experienced enough. I know I'm well experienced enough. That's why people refer to me. It wasn't any of that. It was the answer underneath the answer. So underneath that swearing was him saying, I don't want to take responsibility for my choices, for my own actions. That's your job. That's the doctor's job. And no doctor has been able to help me. So you see, at that point, I realized that this was not going to be a mutually beneficial relationship. And that's what the patient-physician relationship is. That is all that there is. You can't get expert care from somebody If there isn't a relationship to start with, you can't expect one person to care more than the other person and it all just works out. And in direct care, the most important relationship I have is the one I have with the patient in front of me. It's not the relationship with the insurance contracts I have. No. That's how I chose to go into direct care. I didn't want that third party payer in the exam room telling me what I could and could not do because I really wanted to focus on the patient and patients who want to be there is who I'm focused on. So knowing my limitations and strengths were actually tools or skills that helped me look at my business differently. In all parts of my training from school, residency, fellowship, even my first few years of work, It was ingrained in me to treat everybody that walks in the door. And that was a lot of weight to carry. To try to treat everybody for everything that came in, even if I wasn't the expert at it. Because at the bare minimum, I can provide information and refer patients out, you know, do the best with what I have. But still, this was, you know, foot and ankle surgery, podiatry is still very broad, even though it is a specialty. But then I realized if I wasn't the expert at what patients needed, that was a huge disservice. I wasn't really helping. I was just billing. I was just billing for an office visit because they had insurance and they came in my office and we had taken up supplies and resources to help the patient answer their questions. And ultimately, it's my duty to know my limits that I am not the expert at your current condition and I have to refer the patient onwards. This is something that empowered me, actually, knowing when to say yes to the things that aligned with my values, with my strengths. And I'm a lot more confident in saying no to things that detracted from it. And I know this is a skill that doesn't really get emphasized enough in training because even when I was opening my private practice, and I had reached out to people who I felt were expert in their fields of podiatry. People in academia were saying, you have to treat everybody that walks in your exam room. And I thought that was kind of weird. I, I don't know, I, maybe I just don't get it. But if I just treated everybody really average, you know, with my average skill set, 
then I wasn't giving my best and I didn't feel like that sat really well with me. So oftentimes I refer out to somebody that I know who can manage a certain problem better. And in this patient experience, somebody better might be psychology help or psychotherapy help. That is beyond my scope of expertise. And again, the patient was very unwilling to accept his own responsibility. And that's the moment that I knew I had to say no in this particular case and move the patient onwards to someone else, somebody who can have a better relationship than I could. So here's what I'm getting at. If I were to say yes to everything, this is what happens. I become the expert at nothing. I take away energy and time from those who would actually benefit from my services. I take away time from another opportunity that would have had bigger gains. Like maybe I could have reserved my energy and time for family time or personal self-care time. Negative experiences accumulated over time is a type of abuse that does not benefit anyone. It leads to burnout, moral injury, Perhaps it's a big reason a lot of doctors, close to 80% of doctors in practice currently, are thinking about leaving medicine entirely. Or they're finding side gigs, another source of income, or they're even discouraging others, including their children, from getting into medicine. So to preserve the love of medicine, the love of your private practice, which is, this is basically why I have this podcast. It's really to share with you that I'm not the 80% looking to exit medicine because I found another way. I can practice medicine on my own terms without any regulations, besides the legal ones, of course, but without the insurance regulations telling me what to do, what I can't do. And I can choose to say no in treating patients that I know doesn't have the same alignment as I do, that they don't want my care and they're going to resist my recommendations or just make life miserable for both sides. I can say no. That is empowering. Saying no is preservation for the bigger picture, the bigger goal, which is to serve people who want my service. There are people who want my service, so that means I don't have to say yes to everybody. And I've had people reach out to me from listening to my podcast say they're burnt out. They can't seem to wrap their head around saying no to treating people. And I say, fine, that I understand. I I know that we feel a moral obligation to help as many people as we can. But look, when you do, look at how you feel. Look at the time that gets taken away from you, the energy, even compassion. We experience compassion fatigue when we're constantly giving and giving and giving, but the other end, they're either not receiving or they're just not having anything to do with their own health care. They're just abandoned all responsibility and they leave it up to you. That is a big burden to hold for any healthcare provider, not just doctors. So I know my limits. I know if I can't help somebody, then I shouldn't. Especially somebody who wasn't going to take any ownership in their healing process. If I cared more about the patient than the patient cared about themselves, who was that benefiting? I wasn't going to get gold stars for good karma just for helping everybody. I was going to be depleted myself. It was very demoralizing to have patient after patient after patient not really care as much as I did about them. That energy gets transferred to other parts of my life. 
And I know I wasn't functioning at my best when that was how I operated, where I was saying yes to everything and I tried to be the hero in everybody's story, in every patient that walked through my doors. I did a lot of work in areas that I wasn't an expert at, just trying to help them navigate the medical system, for instance. And then I came around and I realized that was a terrible idea. That was consuming me. I wasn't going to last long in this profession if that was the pace I was going at. But now, now that I know my limits, now that I know when to say no and when to say yes, I can help people. And people who want my help deserve the best version of me, not the exhausted, tired, or grouchy version of me. And you know, we all have those types of days, but that those days should be limited. It should not be every day, every moment you wake up and go to work. I didn't want to be exhausted, tired, and grouchy every single day. And that took some practice. That took some, that took some coaching. That took some reflection. It took a lot for me to say no to things that I would normally say yes to. And in return, I got paid in big dividends. I was able to pay more attention to the people right in front of me, whether it be a patient waiting for me to give them recommendations or my husband or my daughter who just wanted my attention during dinner time or during family time. I was completely emotionally and physically available for that. So in my direct care practice, it's actually a micro practice. Although I do serve what comes through, I do know when to let patients know I'm not a good fit. You just have to know when to set that boundary up and say, it sounds like you may need somebody else for what you're looking for. To be able to be selective about what I want to pursue has been a weight off my shoulders. I'm choosing to be choosy. And if you're like me, who, you know, I used to be a people pleaser. I am the middle child um, of four. I didn't like conflict I, or confrontations. You know, I didn't want to disappoint other people who held a higher regard for me and all that jazz. I mean, that was really exhausting to keep up with. And ultimately, it didn't add revenue to my practice in caring about what other people thought. I'm going to say that again. In caring about what other people think about you, that will not increase your revenue. That does not increase patient referrals. That does not translate to making more money to keep your business open. But rather it is the connections you have with people that are real, that knows you for you. They know your good side, they know your bad side, your limitations, your strengths. Being exactly you is what is going to drive your business. Not you being the fake version of yourself and trying to please everybody and saying yes to everybody. So take it for what it's worth. Are you invigorated? Are you invigorated by the freedom to be able to say no to things you don't want to do and yes to things that you do want to do? Or are you exhausted? A lot of us are exhausted. We're exhausted because we kept saying yes to things that we knew we probably shouldn't say yes to. But because we were afraid of what other people thought, we were afraid it might be a lost opportunity. So either way, whether you feel invigorated or you feel exhausted, you can choose how you feel. And how you feel will be reflected in the way 
you practice medicine. But I certainly hope you feel empowered more than anything. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe so more people like you can have access to another way of practicing medicine, the direct care way. Let's connect. Find my info in the show notes and send me your questions. It might be the topic for future episodes. And lastly, if you remember nothing else, remember this, you are in control of your life. See you next time.